Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. And we're very happy to welcome you to another edition of Second Half Now. This is, in fact, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. And in this show, we discuss all kinds of things that have to do with those of us who are in the 50-plus generation. We've got a special treat, a special program for you today. We're going to be telling about it in just a moment. And I'm really pleased that we have this guest, and we're going to unveil his identity and more about him pretty soon. So I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. And Denise, good to see you again. It's great to see you, Dan. You know, I was counting up our shows recently, and I think this is, uh, see, I lost count already, but I think it's all, we're almost to 60. Is that right? Yeah, does it seem like we've shown up in this studio 60 times? You know, we've been wondering about that, yeah. but that does seem a little higher than right. I expected. Right, but you know what? I Every show and every guest has been so wonderful. I just can't get enough of it, so... And so, Denise, uh, do you have a good word for us for today? I sure do. Right. I sure do. Our word for today is leadership, Dan. Leadership. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Tell it's a wonderful word because it, it, it is um, one that our guest is going to be, uh, he's going to be here and reflecting the impact of doing business in the world and following leadership models of the world and following the leadership models of our own will and what we think yeah, we ought to do. Right. And then he is going to be demonstrating what happens in a person's life when the Lord is their leader. And we have a word from Scripture as well today, and that's from Deuteronomy 5, 32 through 33. It says, So be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Walk in all the ways that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and prosper and prolong your days in the land that the Lord, that you will possess. And our our guest today is going to exemplify why this is important for all of us who believe in God. And the word is leadership, because actually, you That's know, right. we, we all follow something, uh, even if it's our own inclinations and our own selfish pleasures or somebody else, a leader. And uh, you're right, this, uh, the guest that we have today um, is a leader and has been a leader, uh, perhaps a leader for not so good and a leader for good now that God has gotten a hold of him. And the title of today's show is A Story of Hope When God Gets a Hold of a Man. And I want to kind of set the stage with a couple of scripture verses from the New Testament. Thank you for those uh, verses, Denise, from, um, where was that? Uh, that was from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, yeah. So, um, you know, we at this point, when we pass uh, 50, some of us are limping past the 50-yard line, and some of us are 
still blasting away. And, you know, but when we take an assessment of our lives, we wonder if God can use us. And maybe some of our mm. listeners are wondering that, too. You know, maybe they're 55 or 65 or 75, and they're saying, well, am I kind of finished? And, you know, I'm not sure what I amounted to, but I'm wondering if God could use me. Because that's our message. We want God to raise up people of all ages and stages and uh, to really become uh, tools in his hands to do some amazing things. And uh, at this stage, you know, we have our wins and our losses. We've got our bumps and bruises, our ups and downs. We've made some good choices, and we've made some choices maybe that were not so good. And so a lot of those things go into our consideration, and we say, well, can God really use me? And I want to share a couple of passages. One is, uh, they're both from uh, 2 Corinthians. Uh, This one says, Jesus says to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And so, folks, if you feel weak, if you feel like you don't have power, if you feel that you're not sufficient, if you feel like maybe you don't have a lot that that God could use, you know, Jesus shakes his head and he says, no, that's not right. My grace is sufficient. And to put it another way, Jesus says to you, listener, my grace is all you need. Right. You trust me, mm-hmm. I'll make it happen. You make yourself available and I'll do some good things through your life. And then the other passage I want to share is also from 2 Corinthians. And this one is such a, a, a great hallmark verse for our guest for today. And it says, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And it's so good that old things passed away because in our earlier years, um, You know, we might have uh, done things that maybe we're not so proud of, but, you know, Jesus says it's all over. I forgive that. I put it as far as the east is from the west, and you are a new person. So that's what we want to hear about today. I'm so anxious to introduce our guest today. Again, the title of the show is A Story of Hope When God Gets a Hold of a Man. And uh, those who are regular listeners know that we have five core topics, and uh, rather than listing them today, I'm just going to say, that the topic for today fits under the category of heart and soul. Again, a story of hope when God gets a hold of a man. Our special guest in studio today is Bruce Feathers. And Bruce, when I first saw your name or heard your name introduce yourself a few weeks ago at a chamber meeting, I said, it sounded like he said feathers. He That can't be. I've never heard anybody by that name, and you don't look like you know, a light touch feather guy. But uh, anyway, we have Bruce Feathers, the new chaplain at the Beaverton YMCA. Bruce, thank you very much for coming and welcome to Second Half Now. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. And you even found the place. I found the place. (laughs) I I was on a a short journey, but I made it. And you had to uh, disagree with your GPS a a time or two, right? Yeah, she said right, and I went left, and I made it. (laughs) That's right. We're happy to have you here. So, um... We want to uh, kind of dig into your life, Bruce, because you have an amazing testimony. And I th- thank you that when you, when you and I talked over at your office at Beaverton Hoop YMCA uh, last week, uh, I was amazed at, uh, at what has happened in your life. And you kept reminding me it's not about you. It's about God's grace and what he has done. And, and I think that's why these verses came to me. My grace is sufficient for you. And when, when you are in Christ, you are a new creation. And that, I mean, I'm looking at a new creation right now, and I, I wanna, we want to dig into that story and find out how God found you and what you had been through and how that, that new creation happened and then what you're doing now. That's kind of the 
overview, but let's start um, in your childhood. I know you've got some amazing things, some things that, that uh, were tough in your life. So let, let's start there. Absolutely. And sometimes we see God's grace in retrospect when we may not even be believers and we look back and have 2020 vision yeah, and right. see the activity of God. And uh, I didn't know this while this was going on, but I grew up in the inner cities of Oakland, California. Uh, my father was an uh, alcoholic. My mother was uh, unemployed and uneducated. And um, I was destined to have a similar childhood as many like me that grew up in such a very tough and rugged environment. I was the youngest uh, in my family. And some of the earliest memories that began to traumatize me early on was the fighting and the arguing mm -hmm. that my mother and father would have. Right. And as a young boy, uh, uh, I, I just always expected my father to kill my mother. Mm. And I only learned later on that living that experience throughout my childhood caused me to be traumatized. Right. I was a bedwetter uh, uh, all throughout junior high school, and, and, and only in retrospect did I realize that that was something that affected me early on. But I grew up in Oakland. My mother was a, a Catholic, and she used to take us to the Catholic Church, but as soon as I got old enough to spell Catholic, I stopped going. And so nothing ever took root, or I was just going for ritualistic sake. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I, 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 again, my childhood was filled with, with crime and, and lawlessness. And I remember when I was about seven years old, and, and, and um, this came back to me when I was in my early 40s. I had blocked it out. But I recall that I was sexually abused around seven years old. And... And, and um, this experience confused me and, and did the kind of things that it would do uh, to young people at that age. But I easily put it aside as a young child and, and only, as I said, when I became in my early 40s that a tape played in my mind. We were in a drug and alcohol program meeting and we're talking about bondages and all of a sudden, I believe the Spirit of God brought back to me that experience. <laughs> Nevertheless, that was part of my childhood experiences. And I kind of liked school, but I never had any incentive to do anything good in school. My father was not educated, neither was my mother, so I was kind of on my own. And so throughout my childhood, there's many activities that took place, but all of a sudden, I, I was a baseball player, and I got pretty good playing baseball, and so I had a shot of self-esteem. And at that point, I was liking school, and, and I was going to school, but I had potential to do better, but I just wouldn't do better. So now I find myself in high school. And in high school, I was living in the area where my best friend that lived next door had a brother-in-law who was the largest crank dealer in Oakland. They call that methamphetamines today. And at an early age, in the 10th grade, I recall being hooked on methamphetamines or crank. I yeah. probably was How there. old were you then? I was probably um, sophomore high school. What's that? Uh, uh, 
16? 16 years yeah. old. So this came into your life pretty early, and you've already had an intense childhood. Absolutely. And, and difficulty. Do you, do you at all remember, you know, mornings? Did you wake up uh, and say, oh, man, I'm still in this tough situation, or do you wake up kind of hopeful, or was it depressing? Or how, you, Do you remember that, the mornings of your childhood? The mornings were, we made them normal. Yeah. Uh, trauma was normal. Uh, it wasn't anything significantly that stood out in my mind, but of course I was medicating a lot of pain mm-hmm. and, and, and dealing with those, those, those issues. But I don't remember anything significant about thinking about change, wanting to change, or expecting to change. That was normal. It, so, it, it yeah, was, you just adjusted this to is that. Life. You didn't know any different, I suppose. Yeah. I didn't know any different. Pretty and intense, though, wasn't it? It was pretty intense yeah. when you're 16 years old and you have what they call a needle kit and you would inject yourself with this drug, mm. and I was hooked on that for over a year. And the only thing that changed is when the dealer got uh, busted by the Oakland police and the source dried up and I remember coming home from school one day and and running into the little guy who I was hooked on the drug with and he ran to me crying jumping up and down saying we can stop we can stop now wow and that's because the dealer went to jail oh wow wow but that there's an addiction, incredible. though. I mean, uh, how did you uh, get through the addiction? Did you switch to a different dealer, or did you go through uh, a rehab or withdrawal? Or I, I was with a friend who wasn't involved in drugs. He knew I had potential. We were pretty close. And he, through his encouragement um, and insistence, uh, I just sort of kicked it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now... Mind you, this is the late 60s, early 70s. There was plenty other drugs to experience, and I certainly did. Yeah. But being away from that one was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a terrible, this too. terrible I, I know drug. It, it's uh, just a terrible drug. Yeah, and you, I know you have experience with uh, helping people with those uh, addictions and those well, addictive you know, personalities. Well, actually, as a matter of fact, when it comes to working through some of those things, that's not actually where I specialize. But what I do know is is that our society puts them all on the same level, and that's that's done some damage. When we're talking these days about what the impacts of marijuana are versus the impacts of methamphetamine, Absolutely. it's an incredible difference, mm-hmm. and we should be talking about mm-hmm. that. Well, and we have to have a healthy respect for that uh, dynamic in our culture. And, uh, Bruce, maybe if we go back there just for a, a little bit, um, because that stuff that you were getting wasn't free. So what did you do to get whatever you needed to trade in for the, for the meth that you were getting at that time? Ironically enough, it, it was free, oh, and it was. only because my best friend, it was my best friend's brother-in-law, and he was the dealer, and so we would hang out over his house, and we were just the little kids, and because he, were, he's, he was related to him, then it just so happened to be free. Okay. But you're going down the right path because mm-hmm. if it wasn't free, we'd be talking about a lot of other things mm-hmm. that I was doing exactly. to get it. And, and that's who where knows, I was going with yeah. that. And yeah. who knows uh, that the brother-in-law wasn't just doing a little grooming here, getting some dealers ready to go mm-hmm. when the time was right. Absolutely. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So that wasn't a life of crime yet at that at that point. I mean, so you were... You were yeah, but you kicked it. Let's. I don't want to go back too far. But so you kicked it, and then, and then where'd you go from well, there? Well, then, then, then I began to sort of merge back into regular high school, and and I um, 
I was a drum major and, and I got into mm. drama. Mm. And about that time, uh, the Rockefeller grant was going out to inner city high schools looking for students who were not necessarily A or B students, but C students with potential. They wanted to diversify their college campuses, small colleges across the nation. So right. I ended up um, getting a scholarship to go, ironically enough, to a small town in Northfield, Minnesota, to a school called Carleton College, mm -hmm. and uh, I couldn't even spell Carleton. Mm -hmm. And I won't spend too many, uh, too, much, too many minutes on that in and of itself, but it changed me. It was the first time, that is, it gave me a perspective of life that I never knew. All I knew is inner city Oakland, uh, and, and, and things of that nature. And when I got to Carleton, it just gave me a new perspective that life could be different if I could get there. And we want to hear about that change and how that came about right after the break. Don't go away. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people planned for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step -step through the process. And of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. Life changes have happened and it's time to sell your house. That can be a difficult process when you've lived there for decades, especially under tragic circumstances like losing a spouse. 24-7 Properties takes the time to go over the details of your unique situation and understand your needs. We do what we can to maximize the value of your home. Learn online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030, 503-780-3030. And we're back. We want to give a big thank you to our sponsors and our partners. And uh, we've read these uh, several different ways. Uh, Denise, why don't you just read the list for us this time? I sure will. We are exceedingly thankful to all of our 
uh, sponsors and partners, including Dan the Mortgage Man, First Priority Fan- Financial, Dave Rutan with Waddell and Reed Financial Advisors, Dream Trips, Portland City Acupuncture, The Next Phase Coaching, and Beaverton Family Chiropractic. And that's with Dr. Dan Miller, who heads up a program called Maximized Living. Yeah, and that's a part of a global uh, network. Yeah, thank you for that. And uh, we love these people. We highly recommend them. They're tried and trusted. We're in studio now with uh, Bruce Feathers, the new chaplain at the Beaverton uh, YMCA. I don't know whether to call it uh, Beaverton Hoop YMCA or any and all of that. <laughs> That'll work out. And- yeah, okay. And the title for today's show is A Story of Hope When God Gets a Hold of a Man. Right. And, you know, I would just could not help but have that word pop into my head uh, when you said that when you went to Carleton College, you gained a new perspective. Will you, will you tell us more about that new perspective? Because, boy, I'm really thinking about that old perspective you yeah. were living in that did not have any hope. Things were not looking good. No. Yeah. And, and the new perspective was related to the environment, the people, the love. I grew up in an environment in the era of the Black Panther Party. Racism, prejudice, mm-hmm. and discrimination existed. And now I'm in an environment where it's all white, and people love me, and I love them. Mm. And friendships were created. And I realized that where I live was sort of darkness and limited perspective for me, and here is a different opportunity. So I had sort of a moral compass change. But here's the ironic thing about that. You can change morally, but being changed spiritually is a totally different thing. Because although I was in that environment and I was having a different outlook, here I am. I brought Oakland to Northfield, Minnesota, and I had a check forging operation at the college bookstore. That led to the FBI being brought to campus and the president and everybody getting involved. And so I was kicked out of college right after Mm -hmm. my freshman year. And only until um, uh, my student advisor, and his name was Paul Wellstone, an ex-senator at that time. Wow. He um, was my advisor, and he didn't appreciate not being consulted about this experience. So I ended up getting back into school. No kidding. Playing on the college basketball team, graduating, and then I had a new lease on life. But addiction followed me. I got transferred, I worked for General Motors and got transferred to Portland, Oregon in 1979. By this time, I was doing drugs throughout my life, mm-hmm. whatever the drug of choice was during those eras, I did it. Marijuana, acid, this is the era of cocaine. Mm-hmm. So, and then I was, an, I was a full-fledged alcoholic at, time, at that time, but I was functioning, going to work. So I remember uh, arriving in Portland, worked for General Motors, uh, and then I ended up working for um, Channel 8 Television. And then it's 1985 now. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I was uh, in bondage to drugs and alcohol. I didn't like my life. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was depressed. I was defeated. And I ran into a girl who invited me to go to church. i never forget these words. She said, why don't you try Jesus? You tried everything else. <laughs> and I said to her, Jesus can't take this pipe out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. But the story goes, 
after resisting for a month or so, I went to this church on Skidmore in Mississippi, the Christ Memorial Church. I'll never mm -hmm. forget it. And there was this pastor preaching to people who was in bondage to drugs and alcohol, telling them to come in, that you can be accepted at this particular church. And the church wasn't too favorable on people like me at that time. And I remember sitting in the back of the church and hearing the word of God and just crawling to the front, tears running down my eyes, wow. a sense of warmth, and I gave my heart to yeah. Jesus in 1985. Wow, what a story. That is fantastic. And you told me, Bruce, that shortly after that time, God had a message for you. And we're going to hear that message on part two. Uh, because we are out of time uh, for the on-air portion, but uh, you got to get back over online, secondhalfnow.com. Go to the radio archive tab and uh, check it out, Bruce Feathers, and uh, he'll finish the story. What God told him after that conversion and then what he's been doing since. It's a great story. We have some other great things coming up. Uh, we have a, a former TV sports reporter who's going to talk about the unique spiritual challenges and opportunities for men uh, we have an author of an uh, international uh, uh, selling book called, um, what is the, uh, the Gift of Caring, I think. Anyway, How to Care for an Aging Loved One. And we have a pastor from Kenya who has planted 60 churches in five countries. He's going to be here in a couple weeks. So all of this and a whole lot more at Second Half Now. So you want to tune in on a regular basis, 530 to 6 on uh, KKPZ 1330, The Truth. And uh, we've got some good shows coming up. Uh, any other uh, bridge words? Anything, uh, Denise, to take us over to the other side? Leadership. Well, that's that's yeah. the word, Dan. It's leadership, and I am. I'm really uh, looking forward to hearing how the Lord worked in Bruce's life to lead him from that from the back of the church to the front of the church, and then to yeah. to head up programs with the YMCA. Yeah, and you know, I want to hear about that, Bruce, on this on the on part two because you're in a very unique position. I saw on your flyer, and you told me in your office there are 200 teams in the three to nine year old uh, basketball group. Three to eighteen. Three to eighteen. Okay, mm -hmm. that's for everybody. Uh -huh. Okay, and mm -hmm. that's like three thousand families. Yes, I think I saw that on some of your information. And so, what can you do as a changed man to impact the lives? To I know you were telling me just now that you, every couple of nights a week uh, you just go there and hang out. And you're the cha do you wear a chaplain badge on you? Yes, I do. <laughs> do you? Okay. All right. Very good. Well, folks, that is it for today. We're going to have to wind it down, but we certainly want you to go to the website, secondhalfnow.com. Go to the radio archive tab, and uh, there's uh, all kinds of shows. And um, Bruce Feathers with uh, YMCA, Beaverton YMCA, is going to be right there. So um, you'll be able to hear everything online. If you need a, uh, a free copy of this uh, a CD on this show, then uh, you can call the station at 503-242-1950. We'd be happy to, uh, to get a free CD of this show out there. And uh, this is a story of hope when God gets a hold of a man. So I want to thank you for listening today. I hope that this is sort of getting your attention and uh, letting you see that leadership really, you know, we follow things, we follow mm -hmm. people, we follow ideas, but such a transformation happens when we start following God and, exactly. and, you know, and we understand His way for us. So thank you for listening today. This is Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Yeah, that's us, the 50-plus crowd. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. I am Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. 
And let's continue this conversation with Bruce Feathers, chaplain at Beaverton YMCA, on part two on our website, secondhalfnow.com. See you there. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330 The Truth, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.